First of all, I'd like to say hello everyone for joining the first episode of the Corp Wellbeing Podcast. Um, today we're going to talk about a th- few things. It's going to be more Q&A based, as you lot have, as many of my followers have sent in quite a lot of questions about what they want to know about the podcast and the Instagram account and also just general life advice. Um, some of it, well, there's a couple of questions that are a bit jokey, might come across as a bit rude maybe, but I'm sure you'll be fine with it. I'll try and link it back to the main objective. Right, so first of all, what spurred me on to start the podcast? Um, Really, it was just a platform to raise awareness and help end the stigma that surrounds mental health because there's obviously a lot of bad stigmas that go with it and people are afraid to speak out and speak up. So I'm just trying to share my knowledge and personal experience with, well, with as many people as possible over the next few months, years, however long it takes, and just try and make people feel that they don't have to feel the way I have felt throughout my life, well, especially for the last 10 years since I've suffered with my mental health. Um, Also, it's quite a niche market, I suppose, because no one really talks about it that much. So it makes it, I don't know, it's just good to speak up about these sort of things. Um, Also, I kind of want people to start following in my footsteps and thinking it's fine to speak up about these things when, like, there's this whole stigma around it that it's not good. Um, people shouldn't talk about it because it's such a taboo subject. But yeah, I just want people to speak about it more and talk up when they're struggling. Um, I think especially in the younger male population as well, there's such a high rate of suicide figures in that. And I think it's because as we grow up, we're kind of tuned into thinking that men aren't allowed to cry, all of this type of stuff. But letting out emotions is completely fine. Men struggle with mental health issues too. They go through a lot of things just as women do. Um, But for example, like when you're a child and if you're a young boy as a child and you fall over and you might start crying or you're bleeding and you might start crying, then you'll be, your parents will be like, oh, come on, be a big boy, don't cry, you'll be fine, come on. And then if it's a girl, then they're kind of like, oh, well, oh, let it all out let it all out and I've seen this with my own eyes but through myself and my brother and also like now I've got a younger sister they it's like that for the girl but yeah I think it's kind of tuned into us from young to for men to kind of keep close to it and as no one speaks up about it really it kind of it just makes it more it just makes it better to try and speak up about it now to try and change the whole social concept of it not being a good thing to talk about um so yeah that's why i started the podcast question two was what should i do if i'm worried about my mental health first of all i'd advise that you talk someone talk to someone that you trust this could be a close friend maybe even a group of close friends that you trust or one of your family members i think talking to people is the best thing you can do if you're worried about it because there's numerous times where i've spoke to someone about my mental health issues and then they within a couple of weeks or even in that moment they say that they've been struggling with the same thing and then it just means that two of you are there to help each other through it and it makes it a lot easier if it was like there's a weight off your shoulders and someone else might understand what you're going through um on top of this after you've spoke to them or if you don't want to speak to them at first maybe i'd say suggest um seeking some professional help whether this is just going to the gp and uh, just getting them to refer you to a talking therapist, which is normally done through 
especially in the southwest it's on through outlook southwest which is free and they're all there to help you through like cognitive behavioral therapies and stuff like this um just don't and advice i'd give to someone if they told me they were struggling is you you just don't want to silver line everything when you're talking to them so if they say they're struggling with i don't know say they say they're feeling quite depressed at the minute you can't be like oh well at least you've got a roof over your head because to them being depressed is the biggest problem in their life and you you don't need to downplay that because it might make them end up feeling worse um also just don't be scared to tackle it head on and speak up about it so yeah that's what i can say about that um the next topic someone wants to talk to me about is anxiety and loneliness which is quite relevant to me as i've suffered severely of anxiety probably for since i was probably 10 11 12 maybe so it's been over 10 years um what you've got to do is just trying to work out what makes you feel anxious or what triggers it this can be done quite not quite easily but you will notice after a certain amount of time what triggers it like for example I don't like being a passenger in a car or like just out of my comfort zone in that sense um you have you can use different techniques to combat against it there's one called the grounding technique which is also known as the five four three two one technique which is you look for five things you can see four things you can touch three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you can taste this basically puts you in control of your surroundings or back in control of your surroundings as you've noticed all these things around you and takes your mind off of what you're panicking about. Um, on top of this, another good thing that one of my old therapists said that she used to do was, so say she was felt like she was going to have a panic attack, she used to get them when she was driving, she'd get out of the car, like pull over obviously where it's safe, so don't like be causing any traffic accidents because that obviously isn't good. Um... But she'd get out of the car and just start doing star jumps, maybe for 30 seconds, just to get her blood pumping a bit and take her away from that flight mode and put her into fight mode. So this is this is a good technique to use. Like I've used it before. If I've felt a bit anxious about somewhere, I'd maybe run there or do something just to get my heart rate going and it takes your mind off the anxiety. Um, other tips could be that if you're struggling with your anxiety, you can um, almost find a quick escape, whether that's at the end seat on a cinema um, sit near a door if you go out for a meal or ne- near a bathroom that way if you need a minute if you feel like you're going to have a like panic attack or just go downhill all of a sudden then this means that you can just have a quick escape like recuperate for five minutes make yourself feel better calm down and then go back in and sit back down again um, in terms of loneliness I think this is a very difficult one because when you struggle with your mental health issues even when you're around people who are your friends or your family you can still feel very lonely even though essentially you're not but what you've got to remember is that all these people want to be spending time with you or else they wouldn't have invited you there or you wouldn't be with them like so they want to spend time with you there's no reason to think that they don't or feel lonely when you're there because you should just enjoy these moments whilst you can um it's also you've got to surround yourself with positive people so people who are going to be supportive of how you feel in yourself people who know what you're who know what you're feeling um there's nothing worse than someone just being negative all the time about stuff um it's it just makes it more difficult for you to deal with considering you have a mental mindset already 
So it can be quite awkward. Sometimes it's best just to cut these people out of your life if they're not bringing anything to your life and it can make you feel a whole lot more refreshed in yourself. Um, if if it comes to when it's like in lockdown like we are now and we have been for most of this year, you can, you've just got to try and stay active with your friends as in just FaceTime them, do group chats, spend time with your family, obviously meet up with one of them outside, adhering to the rules, just just so you get that bit of human connection still or else you will feel a lot more lonely. I know that this can be difficult for people who are um, at university if they're in a room by themselves or they're locked up away in the universities. That's why we see so many people now struggling with all these mental health issues and sadly end up taking their own lives because of this. Um, But yeah, just try and, even if you're stuck in a room by yourself in lockdown, just FaceTime your friends, speak to your family, just do what you can to try and keep yourself as not just not as lonely as you can be um another thing i want to talk about is people who almost think that mental health issues can be like fashionable they're like self-diagnosing themselves like to put on social media so people might say like people might say that they got nervous before an exam and they're like oh i've got really bad anxiety and it kind of ticks me the wrong way because i'm like no you don't like you don't have really bad anxiety or anxiety issues, anxiety disorders, if you just get some pre-exam nerves, like there's nothing wrong with it. That's natural. That is your body's natural reaction to doing these things. And also stress like that can be good for your body. Um, Also, say people take a minor loss in something. um, They might, I don't know, someone might go for a game of football or watch a game of football and their favourite team loses and then they'll be like, oh, it's made me so depressed. But, no, not really. It hasn't because that's lasted for about a couple hours after the game and you just feel a bit a bit annoyed that you didn't win or your team didn't win and then you're not depressed. You're not having these horrible feelings for like more than two weeks at a time. So I think people should not treat it as like a fashion statement almost. I know that might be a very, I don't know, controversial or broad term, but that's how I feel that people treat it sometimes. Um, but yeah, on to the next one. People said about quite a few people actually said about this is in covid tackling lockdown loneliness which i've just covered there exploring new or old hobbies and product and routine or productivity um obviously i covered loneliness in the previous question um also new hobbies are amazing when we're in lockdown because they can pass time so quickly from the enjoyment of learning a new skill um I've been learning well I haven't been learning but I've been stretching a lot more and doing a lot of mobility work every day in the morning and this just puts me in a really calm mood and it's also so good for your body because you're stretching working your mobility improving your flexibility getting blood to your muscles and more and more positive benefits to this um also having old hobbies old hobbies sorry can make you almost give you a sense of nostalgia which is so good because it makes you feel just reminds you of times like however many years ago for example I've started skipping as well as stretching and I used to skip a lot when I was I used to play badminton at a very high standard funnily enough and um yeah I just I used to skip all the time then and I was really good at it but then I didn't pick up a skipping rope for probably years years and years after that so in lockdown I ordered a nice new speed rope and I've been using that all the time which makes you obviously the endorphins from the exercise help but it's yeah it's so good um routine routine 
is it beneficial? Yes, completely beneficial. It doesn't need to be super rigid and regimented. Like you don't really need to be like 6 a.m. I'm getting up every day, half six I'm having breakfast, seven I'm doing this, seven thirty I'm doing that, and so on and so on. But you do need to have some form of routine and you will feel the benefits in your mental health and probably your physical health, depending on what you put in it. It makes you feel good um, because you know what you set out to do in the day and this can just put you in a positive mindset. Uh, Also, productivity, it can give you a head start post-lockdown, really. It can change your mindset about a lot of things by being productive and looking into different options. For example... I used to work at absolutely horrendous job, just labouring on a building site. I used to hate it. Um, I knew it wasn't in any way what I wanted to do. And when lockdown came around, I thought at first, uh, well, it's just going to be a few weeks off and then I'll go back to my horrible job on the building site. And then, but whilst I was in lockdown, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to be spontaneous and just quit my job. And obviously, I couldn't go back really anyway because of the... Um, social distancing guidelines and my mum being high risk because of illness I couldn't go back to that job as it was so basically I think it's lockdown is is good if you are very productive because now it's made me want to change my career path and do this what I'm doing now as a career and build like a brand almost as to help people with mental health issues and also fitness well-being in general and just like helping people with life uh, the next question, this was asked a couple of times as well, is is it possible to maintain muscle mass during lockdown? Um, this is a tough one. Depends how long, obviously, we've been locked. you've been locked down for, or it depends on the equipment you've got, if you've got a gym at your house, or um, just if you've got any form of weights, anything like that. But you've got to keep your protein levels very high, probably about one, 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. So this way your muscles won't break down and your protein levels are still high so you can manage to maintain as much muscle as possible. Um, Also, I'd say staying in a slight caloric surplus. So say the recommended daily allowance for a man is 2,500 calories. Maybe go 200 above that, so 2,700. That way you know that you're not going to be losing any weight essentially. Um, So therefore you can keep most of your muscle. Although it it might be hard if you don't have any equipment because you can't work out like you normally would there's no the the stimulus has changed on your body um but yeah uh hang on where was i oh so also you could um track your calories and track your protein levels so this way you could download an app like my fitness pal which is really handy and you just it's got a cool thing where you can scan the barcodes of the food you're eating and then you can like see from this how much protein's in that meal, how much calories are in it, and you can have a gauge for your day and set your goals for the day at 2,700, for example. And let's say you wanted to intake 150 grams of protein or 180 grams of protein, you set your goals to that and then it will tick it off as you're done. And you can save meals. So if you have meals quite like regularly, the same meals, then you can save them as that and just whack them in straight away, easy as, easy as that. Um, next question was best body weight exercises for gaining muscle to try and bulk with the gyms closed. Um, this is a bit of a sticky one because body weight exercises, it's hard to progressively overload them unless you've got equipment. So for example, you've got to make do with what you've got, obviously. If there's any local amenities in the area, um, for example, 
in Falmouth near where I live, they've got a outdoor bit where there's loads of pull-up bars, dip bars, and just like little machines and stuff. So this is so beneficial because some people can only do, let's say, six pull-ups. So if you went somewhere like that and you were doing four sets of six pull-ups every day and you're going up to four sets of eight or five sets of ten, you're going to be building muscle as long as you're in a caloric surplus as well because there's a new, you're progressively overloading your muscles so there's room for them to grow. Um, I'd say just suggesting just doing pull-ups, press-ups, squats, dips as much as possible. Um, if you've got no equipment or no um, local amenities to use, then I'd just suggest doing different variants for these um, exercises. So you could do diamond press, press-ups, um, wide grip pull-ups. You can just you can do a lot of things, that are different variations. There'll be videos everywhere where you can see this. Um, also you can add weight for excessive overload so obviously if you've got plates then this could be very helpful like weight plates Um, also let's say you don't have any equipment you can do things as simple as getting a backpack and filling it with water bottles books anything that's got weight to them that you've got in your house that you can use to add weight to your exercises this means that you'll be obviously pushing more weight or pulling more weight squatting more weight and yeah so I think it will be hard to bulk up during lockdown, but you could definitely, it depends on your level of fitness. So yeah, easy exercises to do at home. This is a very generalized question because what's easy for me or someone else might not be easy for another person. So for example, if someone could easily do 10 press-ups, then someone else might not even be able to do one press-up. So it's got to be specific to that person. There's loads of different sources that you could use. Uh, YouTube home video workouts where you could put no equipment as well in there and there'll be like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos you could watch. Also, there's like uh, WOD, WOD websites, which is like a workout of the day, which athletes seem to follow. Um, you can tailor that to yourself depending on what equipment you've got. This is very helpful, but obviously you need to see how fit you are first or else it will like you will batter yourself. How much exercise would you recommend doing each day? For me personally, um, I'd suggest that you do exercise every day, but not. it doesn't have to be strenuous every day. It could be just a 10-minute walk or 20 minutes of yoga. Just have an active rest day. This way you can still feel a bit energized, still get something done, and it just makes you feel a lot more productive in your day. And also it's so good for mental health. Just exercising is the best thing possible. Well, for me personally anyway. But also, it depends on the individual in in terms of how, if they've got any injuries. So say someone's got a severe shoulder impingement, then they won't. you won't want them to be doing loads of press-ups every day or anything like that. Or say they've got a sprained ankle, you're not going to be asking them to do jumping squats, etc. So it needs to be tailored to the individual with what they can do physically and also if they've got anything holding them back from doing these exercises Um, but yeah if you feel battered as well don't force it if you've done a really hard workout one day and then you're in bits the next day don't bother doing another one even if it's part of your plan because it will make you feel better in the long run if you just miss a day and then do the workout the next day or just carry on your program as you normally would missing that one day then if you did that next day got injured and then had to rest for two three four weeks because you injured yourself by overworking your muscles and then that'll make you feel a lot worse because you missed a couple weeks of training um 
Do you, right, this was a good question to the person who sent this in. Do you think there is a stigma leading to mental health issues around engaging with the gym? So I've decided to cover this from two points of view. So first of all, if someone's new to working out, their anxiety levels about going to the gym for the first time will be probably very high. They'll be thinking about, oh, what if there's severe judgment? Like if there's meatheads at the gym? And obviously at every gym you go to, there's going to be a couple of meatheads or there's going to be a couple of people who are pushing severe amounts of weight and you think they're going to be looking at you, laughing at you. And you'll probably feel a bit embarrassed or think that they are being judgmental. But what you've once you start going to the gym and you get into the swing of things and you're not the new person, like they don't even take notice of it anyway. And everyone at the gym is always so friendly, from my personal experiences anyway, that it's just not a judgmental place because everyone starts somewhere and everyone's got to start somewhere. It took some of these people 10, 15, 20 years to get to where they are with their physique and how they look. So don't think it's going to be an overnight sensation and you're going to look like them within a month. But just remember, they've all started at the same position as you. So you shouldn't feel embarrassed. You should feel good about yourself. You're actually trying to do something to improve yourself and better your life. Um, Also, people are afraid that the weight they're using for an exercise is way too low and people will be laughing at them. or So then they'll try and up the weight and their form will go completely off. And then they'll end up injuring themselves or dropping the weights or getting stuck underneath the bench press. And people will be like, that will be more embarrassing than if you're using a low weight because people respect that you have to use a low weight to start off with and concentrate on your form. So yeah, that's a that's the first point I want to talk about. And then the second point is the pressure to go to the gym because of social standards nowadays. Um, and obviously social media plays a big part in this. So you could see someone on Instagram who's in very good shape and you think, oh, I wish I looked like that. And it can get it can get to your mental health because you're constantly wishing that you weren't you and you wish you were someone else. Um, also, the pressure from external sources such as like if you start at college and a lot of people you know there are working out and there's new girls there, you want to impress all the girls, so you're feeling pressured into going to the gym because of that. Um, this can lead to mental health issues because you're doing it for an external force and you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing it for yourself. You should be intrinsically motivated, not extrinsically. Um, also the adverse effects of going to the gym so which are beneficial to mental health is that it just completely changes the like your mindset it makes you feel so good it releases endorphins so these are chemicals that make you feel good about yourself so an hour after every workout sometimes two hours I feel amazing I don't think about any of my problems nothing it just makes you feel like on top of the world Um, so in terms of this I think for the first week two weeks where you don't quite feel comfortable at the gym even though there is no one judging you once that passes the adverse effects of it being so good for your mental health completely outweigh the negative effects so I suggest just just go for it you've got nothing to lose and after a a month two months even you'll start to think why was I so anxious about this why was I so like not willing to go to the gym before and I think it can be a really positive thing for a lot of people who start exercising and completely change their life um, the next question, question 10, was can a healthy diet improve mental health? And the answer to this is yes, 100%. You feel better within yourself knowing that you've ate healthily. You look healthier. So for example, if I had like loads of takeaways or something, or even just a takeaway one night, the next night, the next night, sorry, the next morning, I might wake up and have a spot because of the grease in the food, like anything like that. You might just feel a bit groggy. So you feel better, you look healthier, 
also it improves your focus by all the vitamins and stuff and a good diet so you get you're more productive you get more stuff done you can concentrate better um also don't be too extreme with it if you want to have a go for a meal out of your mates and do it it's not going to affect your mental health that much if you get one takeaway or you eat unhealthily for one meal in the week or even two meals you don't have to be super 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 strict on it because then you won't have any enjoyment in things like going out for food with your friends anymore because you'll be so focused on oh i've got to eat healthily or so i'm gonna my mental health is gonna decline rapidly it's not going to um it also improves your sleep which is wonderful for everything um everyone loves to sleep and if you have a good sleeping pattern it just puts everything in tune in your body and it's just so good for you one resource i'd recommend for food that helps with mental health issues is a book that i've got called the happy food book basically it's got a lot of recipes and also just information on different um like micronutrients that can help you with mental health and what are proven to help support positive mental health and combat against depression anxiety and things like this so that's definitely worth a read i would 100 percent recommend getting it question 11 tips on staying in a healthy or positive mindset don't stop doing something you enjoy because one person thinks it's strange so say for example oh, just for a random example from my head um someone might think playing the violin is strange but you really enjoy doing it so just because they think it's strange, don't stop doing it because you're afraid of what they might think or that you're embarrassed because they think it's strange. Because if you enjoy something, you want to do it for as long as possible and keep doing it because it's just, you reap the benefits in terms of your mental health. Um, what was... Um, so also another thing is to write a journal every day, preferably, but even once a week, um, it basically just you can write down what you're grateful for every day what's good in your life you can put down goals but with goal setting I'd say make sure that they are smaller goals because then they're more attainable and more achievable and also when you look through your book your journal sorry even in a year's time and you've seen all the things you've achieved or a month's time whatever and you've seen all these little things you've achieved in each day or over a week say your goal's going to take you a week to achieve then you just it's just a massive boost and you can see where you started and where you've got to now and it's just it makes you feel so good um don't be negatively affected by the perceived norm in society so if someone thinks something's normal or i don't know let's say there's such a expectation on young people now i think this is mainly because of social media as well because you see all these people have achieved these things that by the age of 25 you should have a degree have a good paying a well-paid job live in a house like your own house or be renting your own place be in a stable relationship and these are just the perceived norms of like life as it is today when really none of those things really matter as long as you're happy within yourself so i still live at home now um I'm single, but over the last year, I've been a lot happier than I was over the last few years, even when I've been in relationships, whatever, just because I've had time to focus on myself and do what I want to do and try and change my mindset and change what I want to do with my life. Life. Um, say no when you want to. This is a big one. So basically, if you if you want to stay in one evening and just chill out because you've had a busy day or even a busy week, and you know that all your friends are begging you to come out or they want you to go out for a few beers or whatever, then don't be afraid to say no because in the long run, this will make you feel better. 
And also if you practice saying no, that when you don't want to do these things, you can say no with ease and your friends will just, they'll just understand because they know that you just want to have a chilled night or whatever, anything like that. But also don't completely neglect your friends and never go out because that can be very detrimental to your mental health. And also you don't want to start ruining friendships just because you can't really be bothered to go out if you've had a hard day. But yeah, just don't be afraid to say no if you really, really need to have like that time away from your friends. On top of this, to stay in a healthy, positive mindset, I'd say start your day how you mean to go on. So even if you make your bed in the morning and then plan out what you're going to do for the day or do some yoga, some breathing exercises, if you start your day productive as possible, then your whole day is going to be as productive as that because you've set your mind into that productive mind state. You know you're going to get this done, you're going to get that done. So yeah, I think that's another big thing. Number 12, how can you balance mental and physical health and still maintain motivation? First of all, mental health and physical health go hand in hand, in my opinion, because the better your physical health and the more you work on it, the better your mental health is. So, for example, if I'm ever feeling down and the last thing I feel like I want to do is go and do a workout or go do some exercise, then I always make sure that I do it because at the end of the day, if you're feeling down and you exercise, it will 100% work. Just trust me on that. If you're feeling down, go and do a quick workout, even if it's 10 minutes. Just the endorphins released in your body are going to make you feel 100 times better and you'll be so chuffed that you did it afterwards compared to if you just sat around in your room or lay around, like lying down on your bed watching a film, watching Netflix, which, don't get me wrong, we all are guilty of doing. Like It's been lockdown and I've been sat in my room quite a lot, just not doing a lot, but still there is you have got to be productive as well a lot of the time so moving on to question th- winter lockdown tips this is an interesting one considering we're in winter now and we're in lockdown now and for all we know it could go on for another month you d- you honestly don't know so what i'd suggest is start doing something new or set yourself goals that are achievable so even if you want to learn a new talent that could be anything to do with juggling anything like that you it's just a good thing to do to take your mind off all this negative all this negative energy that's going on in the world in terms of the pandemic and just it keeps you grounded and keeps you settled in your mind by learning to do something i think it's a really positive thing to do um don't stress as the weather isn't nice as the f- isn't as nice as the first lockdown obviously where i live we are blessed with the lockdown cuz it was su- such nice weather and even though we had to stay in as such or just go for a walk by ourselves just being in the sun it just makes you feel so much better. Like I could go and sit outside in the garden, catch a tan as everyone loves doing and just sit there and enjoy myself and listen to music, read a book and all my family were there. My dog was there running around. It's just obviously it's a lot easier when the weather's nice. Like, But that I feel that way when there isn't a pandemic because I love the summer. I love waking up in the morning, seeing that the sun's out, knowing I can go for a swim in the sea, knowing that I can just do whatever I want because it's weather dependent a lot of things are and in winter i normally hate it because it's always raining like it's just a bit dismal and all the darkness makes me feel worse within myself but don't stress if the weather isn't as nice as obviously it won't be because you can still achieve plenty from indoors i've achieved most of my things this year from indoors sat at my desk with my laptop like starting this podcast starting my instagram page just doing things in so it is possible to still like almost enjoy winter lockdown or be productive in it without worrying too much right so on to the next stage this is some of the more lifestyle questions i got 
So obviously some of these might be a little bit jokey, a little bit, I don't know, adult content, but we'll go with it and I'll try and link it back anyway. So one of the first questions I got asked was penis size. Does it matter? And I think that this completely comes from school days. So when you're in school, secondary school, um, there's always one kid in year seven. So when you're like 11 or 12, who's got a bit of a beard and he's got chest hair and everyone's probably like a bit self-conscious around him because they know that he's completely hit puberty already. He's probably got a bigger knob than everyone else. But that's just that's just how it is when you're growing up, um, especially in male culture, just how it is growing up that people are always like, oh, just trying to make jokes about the size of someone's penis to put them down. Um, but yeah, that or people can be self-conscious when getting changed for PE or something like that. But it's just down to just people hitting puberty at different ages and going through different stages in their life. And yeah, obviously it's, there's nothing you can do about it either. Also, if you start seeing someone and are worried about it, um, there's more ways to stimulate someone than just your penis and the size of it. People are with you and have feelings for you because of like who you are, not for the size of your dick. So yeah, so I don't, I think also the your partner or whoever you're seeing is is not worried about that in any way possible um and if you really really are struggling with it or getting paranoid or any of this just talk to them about it like because i'm sure that there's nothing wrong with you um also i think there's there's a negative perception um or expectations from people because of the because of watching porn and the standards that are set in porn and Obviously, people will watch porn, and there's a even for girls, there's someone like the porn stars have, might have a really nice body, like. But then most of the time, they got fake boobs, they might have a fake bum. Like, I think it's very detrimental to people's expectations when it comes to sexual relationships. Uh, if you wa- if you watch too much porn, or if you expect things from porn, so yeah, I think that's that can be a bit of a negative side to things. Um, also, the older you get the more you realise that it doesn't actually matter really. Like no one talks about it. No one really is going to say you s- were seeing someone, They prob- the d- it's high chances they're not going to go and talk to their mates and if you split up and be like, oh, he's got a really small knob. But And if they do, they're just immature and they're just trying to get back at you and no doubt they're probably lying, so don't even listen to them. Um, also, there's some certain freak stories about this, so it can be a negative, like you you do hear about these one-off people who have like absolute giant wood and they like you if you a girl slept with them and they'll tell you that it actually hurt like there was no pleasure in it it hurts so don't think oh he must he must be alleging he's got a 10 inch penis like no he probably actually has really awful sex because he's is well because it hurts too much for the girl but yeah on to the next one it's another bit of a rude one how often should you masturbate i was not expected to get asked this but as i said i will try and cover it and link it back to like the the point of this podcast and the subjects that i'm trying to get across obviously this is personal preference um so just do what you want if you want to masturbate a lot then do it if you don't then don't there's it makes no difference to you as a person um there is also this like worldwide idea that because when you 
orgasm, your testosterone level levels um, alter and lower themselves, people think that it's got a direct effect on their performance. So their testosterone levels will go down and they won't be able to push as much weight in the gym. They won't be able to perform as well. But the change in testosterone levels is temporary and highly unlikely to affect a person's fitness levels or strength levels. If you feel like it does, it's more than likely just a placebo effect because you've read these things online or heard these things that, yeah, so it's just a bit, that's a bit of a myth, let's be honest. Um, and also, on, on a different side of it, don't go overboard and just masturbate a lot because it can probably have some negative effects on you and also pro- maybe even start to hurt if you do it that much. So, yeah, just do what you want, but don't, I don't know, just don't harm yourself doing it. Um, another one I got asked was, how are you so good at Call of Duty? And this, obviously, this is a bit of a banter question but i will link it back but obviously being in lockdown helps that a lot um not being not having much to do in some evenings everyone being off not being able to see each other in person so you just jump on the playstation together or whatever also for example when my brother was down um he had his xbox and i buy playstation and one of his mates one of his best mates who lives in australia he obviously was in lockdown too so they, we used to play in the morning, so the time difference, and then it, it probably does a lot for my brother's mate who used to, who lives in Australia, because he doesn't get to see any of his friends from over here ever really. So just speaking to them and having a laugh with them in the morning, it just probably made him feel a lot better whilst he's in lockdown about himself and about his situation as well. So I think people shouldn't shy away from talking about gaming because in male culture and female culture as well, it's a very big thing. People can make a lot of money from gaming. People get a lot of enjoyment, but I think people shy away from it because they're embarrassed or feel that it's seen as being nerdy or not cool. Or if a girl finds out, they might be like, oh God, that's really not attractive. But it it, it just has positive benefits to your mental health. As long as you don't I don't know as long as you don't become so addicted to it that you never come out of your room you're always on it 24 7 you can't stop you're losing sleep because of it everything's got to be done in moderation but if you jumped on the headset with your friends and you have a good time and you win a couple games of this or that then you just it makes you feel a lot better and it can there's even studies that have been done to show that there is positive effects of mental health on gaming but then also I think there is negative effects um, it can put you in a really bad mood if you keep losing on a certain game. Um, also, with I don't know games like FIFA, you hear a lot of, a lot of stories of people who spend l- a lot of money on buying things on FIFA to make their team better, and this just that can have a spiraling effect because even kids can access these things, and EA should really think about changing it because it's almost like gambling, and you're putting money like some kids put on hundreds and hundreds of pounds to try and get a good player for their team and they they won't get them and the company's just taking all of this money and this kid has lost out on so much money or spent money on their parents credit card whoever pays the bill for the xbox and it can cause a lot of trouble and getting almost having a child and then being in that gambling mindset or from such an early age can be very detrimental in further life so yeah um but overall, I think it can be a positive. A bit of a jokey question there, but thanks for asking me that. Um, I feel like I've managed to put a spin on those 
jokey ones and link them back to what I've been trying to say the whole of the podcast and the point of my page. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the first podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a new experience for me. Um, and it will get better with time as I get more comfortable in front of the camera and behind the microphone. But yeah, I'd like to thank everyone for joining. Thank you everyone for listening or watching, whether you're on YouTube or on Spotify. And I'd also like to thank the ones who sent in questions and topics to me to talk about again. It's a big help and also I'm sure it's helped some of you or I'd like to hope so anyway. My hopes for this podcast in the future is just to grow, just to get more subscribers on YouTube, more listeners on Spotify, get my message out there. And then one day I'd like to have, obviously can't at the minute because of lockdown, but I'd like to get guests on the show. I've got a couple lined up already. Um, One of them who's in the professional sport world. And so that will be an interesting one. Um, But yeah, that's my goal. And obviously there's dream guests that you'd like to have. Like I watch someone called James English a lot. I'd love to be on his podcast or him come on mine and talk about his personal experiences with all of this. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of goals I've got for this podcast. I want to grow it into a business eventually. So this will be my main money maker. But also as a just as something I believe in strongly in improving mental health, the profits, if I if I ever make profits off this, off my Instagram account, off the podcast or whatever ventures I get from doing this, 10% of whatever I earn in profits will be donated to the mental health charity just to keep research going, keep providing services for people who are struggling and just improve the world as much as I can. Um, also, yeah, well, that's all really. Obviously, if you're watching it on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to the channel. Um, share it as much as you can, everyone. Listen to it on Spotify. Just tell a friend to tell a friend. Just keep it keep it rolling and hopefully we'll get some more views and more listeners and just help more people. So yeah, thank you very much for joining. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll be back soon with another one. Thank you.